0: Blog Talk Radio mm-hmm. live. This is your shooting Guru of Gumbo for the Gumbo Talk Show, 8 p.m. sharp every single night. And I just want to say thank you for those of you who are listening not only by uh, Facebook, but those of you who are listening online as well as by the phone line because it makes it possible for me to do this because you listen. Whether or not put up a like or any one of those emojis or make a comment or not, if I know that people are out there listening, that's what motivates me. And I'm grateful to have uh, over the years people who listen to this show for some reason, because when we talk gumbo, it could come from anywhere, whether it's left field, right field, center field, or at home plate. We try to come up with uh, topics that we can delve maybe a little bit cattywampus to the popular and the uh, current opinions and ideologies when it comes to pontificating on these topics. Tonight, we have the topic of the 67th book. And I am happy. Hey, Mom. You can't hear me? wonder why you can't hear me. Can, is this better if I speak closer, I wonder why you can't hear me. My audio is not being able to hear me still. <clears throat> the uh the topic tonight is the sixty seventh book. <clears throat> Hopefully you have been almost That volume there Let me know If the volume adjustment helps y'all hear me Thanks Eddie The, The 67th book Is something that I first Heard about When it was It was 2004 When I was sitting in church One day Under a great teacher I mean absolutely great teacher gave me the zeal to, uh, not the desire, I had desire, but the zeal to study me. And although he was one of those people that just said anything, I'm like that too. I, 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 you know, if it's the truth, it comes out of my mouth before I can hold it back so that the truth won't hurt. And the 67th book flew out of his mouth that Tuesday night. It wasn't a Wednesday Bible study. It was a Tuesday Bible study. I remember in '04 because for some reason we were going to church four times a week, at least, back then. And I really had a zeal and desire to learn more about, you know, my role uh, with God, right? And the 67th book comment flew out in regards to how to live your life. Up until that point, I was under the impression you had to live like the people did in the biblical days when it came to something going on with you that the Bible spoke about or was written about, right? And there were so many different stories and you, you really Euphemisms And What do you call them The similes and metaphors That you could just about find any situation In them But this particular man His last name was Johnson He, he was teaching us that Tuesday Evening mm-hmm. And when he said the 67th book And then he says What I'm about to tell you I hope you all understand, I am not the smartest cookie in the world, but I've been around a lot of smart people, and I know how to listen, and I know how to mimic some things, and I know how to replay it back just like it was originally, and that's what I do a lot of times. I just tell people stories or share information that I learned and then hopefully try to put it in a way where, like, uh, Joe Madison, the Black Eagle says where the ghost can't get it Where everybody can understand it But basically when he said the 67th book That Tuesday night He says uh, God uses Your life experience to teach you about him More than anything else Including The Bible And it was one of those Things that was a hard saying But it went down so smoothly That Ever since then, I've basically lived my life that Then it was 2008. No, 2009. 2009, I was under another guy. And he was talking about, in the same vein of thinking, when we're talking about the 67th book, he said, you're going to be, whenever it comes to a date, to judge of afterlife placement, you'll be standing alone at a big old screen, if you will, or the room like Professor Xavier used to go into with his helmet on to do all of his mind things, you know, and then the whole room turned into another place. It'll be just like that and your whole life will play out before you. everything you've done Your your page in the Lamb Book of Life, everything you've done, everything you're doing according and presented before you so that you would be able to see what judgment you deserve. And I honestly believe in a lot of the things that different religions believe in. Even the whole thing with karma, I do believe that karma comes back for you and to get you, both in favor and against you. Um, the, The fact that your life replays before you so you can see what it is that you did and get an understanding in a spiritual realm without all of this flesh, which is, you know, man, I don't know about you, but you know, our flesh, man, whether or not you're you're healthy, whether or not you live right or not, it's got some frailties and it's got some faults, right? And to be in a spiritual situation where you can understand everything that you've done is important to the overall universal world and placement that you have, and that you're as important as a shaman in the woods or jungle of the Amazon or the Nile River, somewhere off in Asia, off in the mountains. All of us are connected. And what we do impacts everybody else. We saw where somebody in a lab in Wuhan, China, made a mistake. I'm assuming. I don't know all what it is people have their conspiracy theories. Whatever it was, it was something that probably shouldn't have happened, and now the whole world is dealing with a virus. a majority of the world. There are people that don't get around other people that they're doing just fine. They don't even know the coronavirus exists. You have the opportunity to live your life. Most of us are living other people's lives. Most of us do our things obtain our things, cherish things that were concepts of someone else, you saw it, you liked it, and then all of a sudden you felt like that was something that you wanted to obtain too. This is a majority of us. Um, There's certain kind of vehicles we buy. I was in the lab last night over at the Press Box, did like two and a half, three hours of a podcast, and I know that's going to be coming out in pieces on YouTube on the Press Box Media Group, but we had a great conversation, and, and one of the things that came up in that in that conversation last night was how um, the vehicles that people think are them uh, are really not them. Like some people think that they're a Rolls Royce. Some people think they're a Cadillac. I told them last night. I said, "Man, I'm a I'm an '84 Box Chevy. <laughs> or, I'm a '72 Caprice. You know that, that's 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 me. I don't think I'm any kind of uh, Lexus or Range Rover. I know some of y'all probably like big some some you school bus. Yeah, whatever. I I can be that too." But the point is, is that I, I like to think of myself as something like a box Chevy or a 72, maybe 73 Caprice, a 69 Monte Carlo, or 68 Monte Carlo, an
1: 85
0: Monte Carlo, or what are the, a 442, uh, uh, you know, things like that, things that most people, you know, look past, but then some people see and they're like, you know what, with a little bit of work that he's got potential. The fact that there are Canonized 66 books in the Bible And Whether or not you agree or disagree Of how the Bible came to be There are 66 books in our Bible In the New and the Old Testament The 67th book Is with your name The 67th book everything you do, good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, black, white, in favor or against, the 67th book is you. Paul was, Ruth, Esther, all the great people of the Bible, Peter, David, Moses, Aaron, all those people that you see and you hear about, Thomas, Luke, Mark, Matthew, um, Titus, Timothy, all these people, Daniel, that you know of and you studied in the Bible, you're just as significant as they are. Do you know that at some point if you've lived any length of time in your life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the number at 20, So if you live 20 years, three times, you're 60 in there, when you've done something that hurt somebody really bad, you don't even know it. Maybe even they died because of an action that you did. It's it's unfathomable, all the things in a matter of 20 years that can change. 20 years ago, or, yeah, just 20 years ago. Because what is this, 2020, in two thousand. We elected A black president But 20 years ago in 2000 You never thought there would be a black president In 2000 well, In 2008 when we were voting It was like you know it, we got a chance here But you never thought there would be a black president So in 20 years that's a long time Things change And a lot of things happened And, and people live to be 100 That's 25 times So there are a lot of changes That happened in 100 years there's a lot of changes that happen in just five years. But the the point I'm trying to get at is you live a life just like I do, and everything you do is significant. And I hope that we start looking at that, that even the times we spend by ourselves, what we're doing with that time is significant. And what you're not doing with your time is also significant because you could be leaving out greatness that's supposed to be done for the world that will help impact the lives of people on the other side of the globe, but we choose to look at ourselves as only individuals and not connected, and that when we do our thing, we're doing our thing for us, and no one else is impacted. There's always somebody watching, even if it's only God watching. There's always somebody watching. There are with the day and age I was talking about this a couple weeks ago on another uh, in another conversation. You've got to live your life like cameras are on you because literally in 2020 with all of the cell phone cameras, with all of these ring and security cameras, I mean, inside and outside this house that sits here in Longview, Texas, cameras everywhere. I see what's going on just about everywhere, even from home or not home, right? And it gets stored in a manner Where I don't have to worry about somebody breaks in and takes the you know finds it first of all and then takes the box. I ain't worried about that. I ain't worried about that because I got covered. You see what I'm saying? If 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 I have that with the little modest means that I have, then I know some other people have it. There's a store across the street. They certainly have security cameras. I mean, literally, we can't go probably in most places more than a few, maybe a mile, without being reported. I, I give it a mile. And I know some of y'all are probably saying, like, you probably can't go a block in the neighborhood I live in, you know, whatever. But the point is, is that we really are living our lives. Before. I mean, people do things nowadays, and I, I'm wondering to myself, i say, did they, did they think that through? I mean, they didn't think that maybe, just maybe, they're – there was a camera in the vicinity or even in the place that they did what they did. So many people getting caught up in camera. Look at the police officers. These jokers have known for years that they had dash cam. And now they have body cam. And they still get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. I don't get it. I, 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 you, you and I, us, we're on a stage constantly. We're going to have to be in an account and responsible for all of our actions. I realize that a lot of my actions. Maybe all of them, with my beliefs, are covered because I, I really I really am on a stage, but I'm in a shadow. There's a shadow, an overcast, if you will, that protects me from all of the natural hurt, harms, and dangers of being judged on my actions especially when I know I've done wrong and I accept that. But I also know, like I said a minute ago, there's things that I've done that I didn't know that many of us have done. You know, somebody was impacted negatively by, by my actions. And I have to be accountable for that too, whether it's, you know, something really, really bad or just something simple. And the person's feelings got hurt and it changed the trajectory of their life. I don't know how deep it goes, but I do know that, For me, I'm responsible for me. I live my life like I'm writing out the book of Brandon every single day. That doesn't mean I do good
1: every single day.
0: It doesn't mean I do bad every single day. But it does mean that I realize that every day and every moment is being recorded. When I do things that I know are wrong, I accept that there could be consequences or repercussions from that. I am not with my head in the sand or in the clouds thinking that it's possible that this thing could be overlooked that I've done. I am not naive either to understand that if I put, if I sow on Good ground With fresh Seed No I'm going to say with, with With prepared seed And fresh Water There's an expectation Able To harvest I'll be able to reap That which I sown, and, and, and in the same token if I I do some messing up, I can expect something to come back from that. So another thing that came up last night at the press box, I hope that thing airs soon, or clips of that, because I'm going to be sharing them on the Gumbo Talk page for y'all to see some of the clips of what we discussed last night. But another thing that came up was this whole shooting in Los Angeles of these two deputies. And... Uh, the guy was saying, "I don't know why they want us to feel sad
1: for for those
0: officers as bad as that department treats us." And I was like, "Yeah, I get that part, right?" But the fact is, is that we don't know if those two cops were involved in killing other people. We we I did learn last night that one of the officers was filmed, recorded uh, laughing at the death or the traumatization of a black man that was, you know, handled by the same department for his hurt and pain and anguish. I don't know exactly all of the the understory of that because, you know, I don't watch news, y'all. You know, I try to stay away from that. But I told them, I said, well, do you think that because a person laughs at somebody else that they deserve death or even to be shot, um, and I told him, I just don't subscribe to that. However, if there's a man, like, like, let's say for instance, George Zimmerman in, in Florida, if, somewhere, if someone were to kill him, I would absolutely uh, understand and not have any inclination, this is me, I'm not talking about anybody else, that his death, was directly related to him killing Trayvon Martin. But folks that take things out on people because they either dress, look, talk, or or are affiliated with someone in that group that has done a dastardly deed I may not like them very much. I may not care for them very much. But I'm not going to allow society to change what was placed in me before I was born, before my mom and dad came together, before they were born, that that what, what my creator placed in me in the kind of love I have, I'm not going to allow the society with these people that, Clearly would like to see someone like me dead to wish death on them. Because if you if you die due that you cause suffering and pain to others, there may not be any more suffering or pain for you in the flesh. At least flesh and blood. And so you won't you won't have to deal with life and experience loss because you took away something that I love or something should say that something, someone I love. I I I listen, I would like to see you suffer just as much. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means eye for an eye. I don't I don't know what it is, but yes, I'm for justice. For uh, exacting something or someone who isn't responsible for this. Now, as many came up, these things come up about people when you talk about scripture. Uh, well, in the Bible it says that the, the sins of the father uh, may be uh, realized by the generations to come. And I said, yeah, that's in there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that for every instance, you know, I can't be held accountable for what Willie really Joe Johnson did. Now he may have imparted some of his spirit on me, which I know he did, and so and my mom as well. But I'm not responsible for anything that they've done. Hell, I'm not even responsible for the things my children do because I've told them they know certain things. If you do them, then you got to be held accountable for your actions. But, you know, even if they skip school, I mean, that's still my responsibility because they're supposed to be there. But even if they skip school, you got truancy, and that comes back on the parents. I get that. Those things are nation. Those are not universal principles. By the way, those are principles that we live under in this in this nation. many nations have it truancy laws. but But overall, their wrongs aren't my wrongs. I may be held accountable because I may have known something and I didn't teach them. But that's not the same as being held accountable for exactly what they've done. If you have a a child that you know goes out and does some bad things, to people or themselves, it may hurt you, but on the grand scale, spiritually, if you knew better or, or you, you, you could have taught them, but if it's things that they learned uh, out in the world from other people who had ill intentions, then that's on them because they were in an age of accountability, usually, when this happens. And an age of accountability means that they could make the decision to do yes Or do know And if they chose the wrong one Then that was a decision they made Their will is free That's cool Every one of our wills are free And I just wish That people understood That even though your will is free You as an individual You do have a responsibility To others Because even though we are on a stage No person is an island It requires At least two people to get you here And so You're not necessarily uh, Lonely I mean alone Even If if, if, you know you, You have nobody Here we are The 67th book Being written With our name on it We know Some of the things we've done We know some of the things we've forgotten, and we know that it's a potential that there are things we never realized, but they happened in our rearview mirror. We never really saw them, but they happened behind us. Some of us looked in the rearview mirror and looked back on it and said, wow, that happened because of a decision I made. And then some of us never looked back in the rearview mirror on situations and we just we don't know the impact that our past, had on other. I'm going to refresh y'all to a story of the water bearer. I know I've told this time and time again. I learned this story um, in the same place I was telling you I heard about the 67th book. But the water bearer, and I like to pride myself on being an assistant to the water bearer. I feel like a vessel. I'm a cracked vessel, in fact. And But the water bearer, is uh, the person that is responsible for bringing fresh water to the king every day. As a matter of fact, fresh water for every meal. So if the king had three or four meals a day, you'd have to get fresh water from the brook. Called the brook. We call it a river or a creek now. But a family brook that was fresh water from off the mountain. You know, snow melting, right? So the water bearer uh, in this instance of the king went to a brook, many, many, I'm going to say a great distance from the castle every day, multiple times a day. His job was to carry the water from the brook back to the king. Over the years doing that, finally he had children, and some days his son would go with him, and over the years his son would go with him to the brook and then back to the castle many many times a day. And after a while, with so many trips, with the same two vessels, the same two pots to scoop up the water and then carry those pots back to the castle, the son, you know how we do, younger generation, said, Pops, You know you could do this much more efficiently If you got you a set of new And the Son went on to say that Your pops Are aged They're weathered They've got cracks in them And by the time You get from The brook to the castle You have Sometimes half of the water that you originally took out of the book. And the father, the water, he says, son, don't you realize I've known that those cops have had cracks in them for years? But what you don't know is that even this cracked vessel That, yes, I lose water along the path, on the way back and forth from the brook to the castle, um, drips water. Not only does the king have fresh water, but the king and the queen have fresh flowers every single day. Because those pots that I carry that have cracks and holes in them have watered along the path where When I have you pick certain flowers along the path, those are the same flowers the king wakes up to in the morning in his quarters, the same flowers that garnish the king's table and that are in pots beside his throne. So, yes, the vessels are cracked, but for a reason, because what I fill them up with, is able to not only nourish our king, but it's also able to bring forth beauty. And beauty that we can admire that wouldn't have otherwise happened if it wasn't for the life of those cracked vessels. I don't know about you in your life. I don't know about anybody's life in depth and how they live it and how they live and how they understand what's going on in the world, We're responsible to them, around them in their circle, and how they fit in the degrees of separation from any other place in the world or any other person in the world. But I do know this, that everything we do, whether or not you're a new vessel that you feel you have no cracks or holes or blemishes, and everything that is put in you, you keep in you. And, uh, you know, when it's poured out, it's poured out in its exact place every time. Or you're somebody like me that realizes there's cracks all over. And, yes, I get filled fresh every single day. Something else I mentioned in the conversation yesterday to someone else. It was yesterday. No, it wasn't yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. No, it was, it was Wednesday. Another friend, I know mean, we were discussing, and I was telling her that I, I'm, I, I know I get a word every day. I get filled up with fresh. And that's why every day I have an opportunity to talk to people, whether it's those youth at the school or whether it's other fellow adults or my peers or my friends. But I'm always able to impart something if they ask or they're seeking my opinion, and I and, and I stay on the phone sometimes, you know, hours with talking with friends, especially younger ones, about you know running things by me because I've lived a lot in these forty-two years. It'll be forty-three years on Monday, though. It'll be forty-three years. I can literally say I lived forty-three years. I could not believe at six fifteen, at fifteen and fourteen, the life I was living is unbelievable. Knowing the type of parents I have and the life I chose to lead when I was fourteen, fifteen, it's unbelievable that I made it to sixteen. It's unbelievable the life I lived at sixteen that I made it to eighteen, and then and then it was even in college, I got out there a little bit. I didn't get out there. Well, The point is, is that I never thought I'd see twenty. I I figured you know that by twenty one I would either be locked up for a long time, or I'd be dead. And to have lived double that time is a pure blessing. And I've I've spent this latter part of my life trying to help people. I've got to spend it more helping at home than I have out there. So what I'm doing now is finally going and getting the bag so that, you know, they're taken care of, whether it's college, whether it's vehicles, whether it's this and the third, shoes, clothes, you know, things, kidneys, especially food. I've got, to, I've, got to, I've got to take care of those things, right? And and I've got to do the things that ensure that we're going to be okay even when I'm gone. And one day I will be. I'm not rushing it now. I'm not thinking that, you know, it's going to be gone, even though with health issues and things that have come, trials and tribulations, you know, I'm still here, and my book is still being written. The pages seem like coming way more frequently than they did when I was 19. You know, 19, you think about a week when you're 19 that now at 42, about to be 43, 43, I look at that, week at 19, like a year now, because it goes by that thing. I mean, it was just last week I was here talking to you all, but it felt like now today it felt like it was just the other day, just yesterday, earlier today. Um, life moves whether or not we're living, and our impact while we're living is so significant that it could change the world for the better. There are people alive today with the power to change the world My little boy Where you at boy I heard your feet There he is Come here Come here I can hear you This little boy right here You see the cameras over here You look at the camera Look at the blue light See that That little boy right there Could change the world if you don't encourage him right He'll suppress the greatness in him And he won't he won't ever realize what he can do to change the world, whatever that is. So, okay, you, know, you, know, you you don't know what you're going to do. You know, as a parent, or as a child, or as a mentor, or friend or a person in need, you don't know what's going to happen with what you what you've been given, right? But but the key on us that know we we can't we can't be suppressive. People. We can't oppress people um, Granny said, "Hey, man um, Well, no, you tell her Everyone I right here, you tell her Okay, she heard you um, There's no way That we can continue from this point If you hear this, whether it's now Or, or some other day or later on Live a life thinking That you're not important And what you might be doing Is suppressing somebody By remaining clandestine Remaining Inconspicuous Trying to fly below the radar Trying to get out of the way You got to do what your soul and spirit in agreement. And that's hard. We were talking about that last night too. One of the key words we were talking about was diplomacy and dedication. I'm more of a diplomat than I am dedicated. If I was dedicated, as good as some people I know, you'd be looking at a person that's sitting here, you know, at least 200 pounds lighter and, and this would probably be a studio somewhere in the basement of my house with, you know, all kinds of background and all that. It would be totally different probably, more than but it's First night, guiltless. And yet I know that I've had an impact both negatively and positively on many, many, many lives. To this day, I impact people's lives. I know I do. I know I do. And I don't even do it on purpose. It just happens. I don't know if the things I, I'm doing now will outweigh the things that I've done, contrary to what my soul and spirit had recommended that I do. But I know, I know, I know. I hope that. At some point in your near future, you know too. And you begin to do that. And you you have to at some point also, um, even though you got to focus on self, you've got to take self out of the picture and realize that, yeah, I'm important, and, yeah, what I do is this, but you've got to remember what you're doing it, what you're doing it for. you got to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Don't be one of those people that it requires you to have a child die or a child um, incarcerated or a parent to die or parents die or spouse or close significant other or anybody close to you. The grandparent die before you realize you should have told them you love them more. Or before you did the favors that you you know that you put off forever and you never got around to. You gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta do it. I, I don't think the time that it's going to take you to do certain things is going to negatively impact your life. Now I know we're all busy, and I'm preaching to the choir. Don't get me wrong. Um, what well, I should say, I'm preaching to the mirror. Okay. Um, the the life that we're living requires us to share and sacrifice. If they sacrifice your all, you're not Jesus, but you got to sacrifice. I love the fact that today is another opportunity for us. I love the fact that tomorrow. I'm going to do better than I did today. I love the fact that there's going to be somebody that comes into my life that changes my life so significantly that I'm going to be a whole different human being after that point. Don't let the sun go down on you without you realizing you're living out your own life your experiences are what God had in store for you to learn from. And nobody else has those same experiences in the sequence that you've had. Live your life to the fullest. God uses your own life to teach you more about the ways of glory, honor, and distinction than any other lesson. Having that been said, y'all, good. Night.